Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Crimson, succulent flesh. Juicy, moist, and oh-so-tantalizing. Ripe and ready for harvest. What am I talking about? Well, stay tuned to hear all about that on The Reluctant Historian. What's up, everybody? I'm Liz Lawson, and this is our reluctant historian, Dakota Lawson. This is the podcast where I try to show my husband that history is actually cool. So, if you love history, or you absolutely hate it, this podcast is for you. We would like to begin by recognizing that we are recording on Treaty 6 territory and the homeland of the Métis Nation. We make this acknowledgement in recognition that we are settlers here on the land that belongs to the many different First Nations of Turtle Island. Okay, Dakota, what do you think we're talking about today? I need you to reread your intro. Okay. Reread it for me quick, okay? Crimson succulent flesh. Slower. Crimson succulent flesh. Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Continue. No, I feel bad for our listeners. Con- continue. I need this. <laughs> Juicy, moist, and oh so tantalizing. Ooh. Ripe and ready for harvest. <laughs> no 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 do do that again do that again or leave it i don't care but that... <laughs> i mean i feel like we have to leave it at this point but that was like that was like way too sexy <laughs> do, do we leave it <laughs> oh god okay we're leaving it that's too funny um because, like, I feel like you doing that at the end just, like, trumped any joke I was going to make about that being super sexy. That, like, the description being super sexy. Because that is fucking hilarious. <laughs> How do you feel? I need a cigarette. <laughs> oh, well. That was an intro. So... <laughs> That was that was a that was a wild ride we just went on. Yeah. Um, so I I mean I don't know. It's like is this another cannibalism thing? No. Nope. Uh, succulent flesh though is it vampires? No. Nope. Because those are historically accurate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I. Hmm. I'm having trouble with this one. I mean, I was like when you first started describing it to me, I was like, I want I need you to repeat it because I was like I. I don't know what she just said, but like, hot damn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was a purpose for that. So I mm. hopefully when I like go into what this topic is about, it'll make sense why I wrote the intro that way. But yeah. like, if it doesn't, please ask me. Okay. Yeah. So what is it? So what's your opinion on tomatoes? Uh, oh, um, they're okay, I guess. Like I, I, I like them on a, um, a black forest ham sandwich with some mustard and mayonnaise i think it's delicious like that i used to eat two a day when i was 15 okay um growing boy growing boy 
But like, I would never bite into a tomato and go, mmm. Now that is some juicy succulent flesh. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Are we doing an episode on tomatoes? Yeah. Well. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, the today's oh, shit episode. <laughs> We're actually going to be um, talking about the tomato trial of 1820. <laughs> Damn. Is it... Um... Is this like uh, where like they have a basket of tomatoes for people to throw at the criminals? No, actually, uh, a town put a case of tomatoes on trial. Now that's like a little bit clickbaity, yeah. but the there's the like the thing is <laughs> you're going to jail. <laughs> <laughs> um, the history of the tomato is actually quite interesting. I got into I it here. So. I would be the judge of that. <laughs> um, people thought it was evil and that it caused people to lust. Um, and and drag well, them you in- saw what it did to us, like <laughs> yeah. in that description. Yeah, well, that's why I wrote it that way. Yeah. And um, yeah, that it was like a sinful fruit vegetable thing. But like, <laughs> yeah, that's the whole that's the whole thing about it. It's like, what is it? Is it a fruit? Is it a vegetable? Well, actually, clearly, it's, it's of the devil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, it's a vegetable. But uh, no, oh, actually, it's a fruit. Sorry, yeah, just yeah, kidding. I lied yeah. to you. Which is weird. But also, it's not a vegetable because you wouldn't eat it for dessert. No. Which is what you would do with a fruit. I'm so confused. What is it? Is it a fruit? Botanically, it's a fruit. Right, but you wouldn't just. But nutritionally, people classify it as a vegetable. Yeah, and and it's it's confusing because also like when you grow stuff in your garden, you're growing vegetables. You're not growing fruit. Unless right? you're growing strawberries. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Way to disprove me right away. Yeah. I'm an incredible un- witness in this trial of the tomatoes. <laughs> so anyways, in 1820, the town of Salem, not the Salem oh. that we know from the witch trials, oh. which we covered <laughs> in season one, but Salem, New Jersey, uh, uh, yes. they put a bunch of tomatoes on trial for being evil. <laughs> I, am I gonna get to do a New Jersey accent? I fucking hope you do. Okay. <laughs> so, some tomato history for you. Super. <laughs> While opinion varies on how exactly humankind encountered the juicy vegetable, it's believed the relationship originated in historic Mesoamerica, the area in the southern part of North America and most of Central America. The word tomato itself comes from the Uto Aztecian Nahutl word tomatil, which means <laughs> s- s- swelling fruit. <laughs> sorry swelling um i i i was just like any of those words you said the only words i understood were swelling fruit uh so but uh carry on it was an ingredient in many foods for people such as the aztecs and when the spanish colonists or conquistadors colonized the aztec world they came in contact with this food It was, in fact, a staple of Mesoamerican cuisine. But when the conquistadors returned to Spain with bushels of the seductive red produce, most Europeans were not into it. According to Smithsonian.com, in the early 16th century, Spanish conquistadors returning from expeditions in Mexico and other parts of Mesoamerica were thought to have first introduced the seeds to southern Europe. Some researchers credit Cortez with bringing the seeds to Europe in 1519 for ornamental purposes. Despite knowing that tomatoes were edible, most Europeans grew them only as decorative plants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they put it on this, the, their mantle and they'd tell their, their uh, teenage son, Okay, son, this is for decoration only. You are not allowed to eat it or fuck it, okay? <laughs> 
<laughs> if I see a hole cut into it, that'll be your head. Cut off. I will cut off your dingus is what I'm saying. <laughs> they admired the plant's vibrant colors and delicate fuzzy leaves, but gardeners couldn't wrap their heads around, let alone sink their teeth into eating them. Doctor and naturalist Pietro Andrea Matitoli went so far as to categorize the tomatoes as not only a source of poison, but also of sinfulness. He believed the tomato to be a nightshade, part of the poisonous family of Salonicae plants that contain toxins called topan alkaloids. In a side note, it is actually a, a, a nightshade plant, but... Is, is it? Yep. Other oh. nightshade vegetables include potatoes, peppers, and eggplants. So they're all poisoning us? They're not, like, poisonous, but they do contain this poison. I don't really... I don't know. I mean... Yes. Yes, to answer my question. Yeah. There are, in fact, over 2,000 varieties of nightshade plants, and only a few, like the ones I just mentioned, are actually eaten as as food. Some, such as belladonna, are, in fact, poisonous. Mm. And then the sinful aspect came from Matatolo's other finding, that the tomato was a mandrake. Ooh. The mandrake has a history that dates back to the Old Testament. It is referenced twice as the Hebrew word dudaim, which roughly translates to love apple. Ooh. In Genesis, the mandrake is used as a love potion. So basically this naturalist guy, he's like, tomatoes are mandrakes. Mandrakes cause love and lust. Therefore, tomatoes are sin. Aren't the mandrakes in Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets when... uh, they they're doing herbology and they pull out these plants do you remember that they pull I out do. The plants and then they just scream they go Aah! yeah so harry potter's not real what and uh but um they do- but that's what it's called right the mm-hmm. mandrake I'm yeah you're sure. right so yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. continue and so uh mandrake love potion mm. from there the tomato went down in history as an aphrodisiac Ooh. <laughs> So as I write this, I'm very intrigued why he decided that the vegetable was both a poison and a love potion type of thing, which I think kind of speaks to the place where the Catholic Church was when it came to sexy times. (laughs) Pretty much anything to do with sex was seen as sin. So poison, love potion, sin, it's all together as one. Yeah, I get it. I mean, if you do sexy times... Prepare to burn in eternal hell. That's right. <laughs> the 1597 book called Herbal, written by barber surgeon John Garrod, further trashed the tomato's reputation due to the book's horrible research. According to the author of the book... <laughs> I I just, like, his research is just terrible. Like, it's like, like, um, he's talking about, like, and then... Uh, the the tomato. I sl- he slept with my wife, and that's why my wife left me. <laughs> for a okay, tomato? he left me. For, she left me for a tomato. <laughs> uh, so watch those tomatoes; they'll steal your wife. That's, what... <laughs> that's the research that went into this. <laughs> yeah. According to the author of the book, "The Tomato in America: Early History, Culture, and Cooking." Uh, which, like, why would you write a history book about a tomato? But apparently we're doing a history episode about tomatoes. Are you familiar with the song, The Kids in America? Whoa. Yeah. With the tomatoes in America. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> so most of the information found by Gerard was inaccurate to begin with, but was also plagiarized by Gerard, who misspelled words in his collection's rushed final product. Well, yeah, he was very angry. He was writing angrily. He's like, and then he fucked my wife. (laughs) 
Gerard's belief was that tomatoes contained low levels of the toxic chemical tomatine, or tomatatine. Tomatine? Tomatine. (laughs) And he wasn't wrong in that case, because they do have that. However, the problem was that the amount of the chemical that actually exists in the tomato is so low that tomatoes aren't actually dangerous. Obviously, because we eat them. Mm -hmm. In the late 1700s, the tomato's reputation took a turn for the worst. With religious fervor at an all-time high, everything came under religious scrutiny, even our delectable tomato. I wouldn't call it delectable. I know, I don't love tomatoes either, but anyway, some people love them. People were afraid of them. (laughs) He's got a knife! (laughs) No, it's more like, he's got a tomato! He's got a tomato! Wait, that would mean the tomato is holding a tomato. (laughs) Oh! I, I I imagined it as like a man was coming no, after no, no. somebody. Got it. No, got no, it. the tomato. Okay, but my joke's funnier. <laughs> um, I don't know about that. Uh, this joke's gonna go a little further here. Okay, so he's got a tomato, but the tomato is just holding his baby. Like the the tomato is just holding like another tomato, but it's his child. <laughs> he's got a tomato. No, it's just my son. Oh, <laughs> uh, we call him Tom. <laughs> All right, people are afraid of these tomatoes, associating their vibrant scarlet hue with danger, death, and sin. They nicknamed them the poison apple, an allusion to the apple from the Garden of Eden and the fruit that Eve ate. Or Snow White. Right. (laughs) But generally, there is a reason for people's weird fears, and this was no exception. Tomatoes did have a bad reputation because there were genuine cases of people getting sick or dropping dead after eating the crimson produce. Mm. However, tomatoes were not actually to blame for this sickness. The true culprit was something else entirely. Would you like to take a guess? The culprit, um, tomato rot? No, something else. Um, the tomatoes were eating lots of fatty foods. And when a human ate a tomato, those fatty foods inside the tomato that the tomato itself ate made the human sick and die well not that at all oh i mean you know you could have just said no good try but you were like no fuck you that's wrong (laughs) i have it written down well not that at all what if i would have got it right i don't know (laughs) you would have still said well no that's not right you dumb fuck (laughs) probably so Because I have to read what I write. Right, of course. So what is it? Well, in actuality, the reason for so much sickness was actually pewter. Puberty? Pewter. What's pewter? It's like a piece, like it's like a type of metal, sort of. Oh. It's a metal alloy that is made up of tin, copper, bismuth, and sometimes silver. The more you know. And it was the pewter plates that was actually causing illness. Euro-Americans relied on pewter plates to serve food, including tomatoes. Oh, okay, I see. I was like, how did pewter get into the tomatoes? Yes. Pewter also contains high amounts of lead, and this was only exacerbated by the highly acidic nature of tomatoes. Mm. So, due to some science reactions that I don't talk about, the tomato-pewter combo represented a perfect recipe for disaster. So, like, the tomato made the deadly poisons in pewter more. Yeah. So for the next century or so, little changed in terms of the tomato's reputation. Up until the 18th century, doctors warned against eating tomatoes, fearing they caused not only appendicitis, but also stomach cancer from the tomato skins adhering to the lining of the stomach. 
So they just didn't think that we digested tomatoes. Mm. Countless scholars and physicians continue to weigh in on the matter, continuing to classify tomatoes as degenerate aphrodisiacs <laughs> to toxin-laden curiosities never to be eaten. However, this was all too much for one man, Colonel Robert Gibbon Johnson, the hero of our story. Oh, okay. <laughs> He had apparently brought the tomato home from abroad in 1801, and he had been offering... <laughs> hey, broad, give me your tomatoes. <laughs> no! And he had been offering a yearly prize for the largest tomato grown, but the general public considered the tomato an ornamental plant rather than one for food. Johnson was disgusted by the unfounded information about tomatoes circulating the colonies, and so he decided to prove once and for all that tomatoes were indeed edible by staging what we know as the Salem Tomato Trial. Oh. The story goes that on September 25th, 1820, Johnson stood outside the Salem Courthouse in New Jersey with a basket of tomatoes. After a crowd gathered to watch, he downed every single one of the vegetables. To the amazement of the onlookers, Johnson remained conscious healthy, and free from the symptoms of poisoning. I think that in this situation, we need a hero. A hero of the people. Someone I like to call a small-town lawyer. <laughs> uh, we haven't seen him in a while. Do you see how this man in this Salem tomato trial, not to be convinced with the Salem witch trials of yesteryear, <laughs> he has survived, you see. Uh, so... You all can shut the fuck up and stop killing all these tomatoes. Tomato lives matter. Oh, no. <laughs> tomatoes. So his trial did end up changing many minds, and soon tomatoes became a staple of New Jersey cuisines. Okay, so now that sounds a bit too good to be oh, true. Oh, these tomatoes, they're delicious. <laughs> oh, I fucking love tomatoes. Oh, they just... Oh, they are oh, they're so good in my mouth, in my and my and on my on my pizza, cause I'm from New Jersey. I so you were I, say on my penis, on my pen, or well, that too, but that's a little bit like uh, you know, I keep that behind the belt, behind the door, okay? <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't, you don't. Uh, a man doesn't kiss and tell, you know. A man doesn't fuck a tomato and tell, okay? We put it on our pizzas, cause pizzas are fucking delicious. Cause right. I'm from New Jersey and we love pizza. That's right. How was that? <laughs> it goes so good. Thank you. <laughs> so the tomato trial sounds too good to be true. And for the sake of you, Dakota, I would be willing to leave it there. But <laughs> my audience needs me. Oh, Jesus. And my hard-hitting truths. Oh, God. You're the hero we need, I guess. <laughs> so I'm going to give it to them. So while yeah, this I... story is fun to tell, it appears that most, if not all, of the story about Johnson is actually made up. Mm. Colonel Johnson did live in New Jersey, but the story of him eating tomatoes at the courthouse doesn't show up in historical documents until about 90 years after it supposedly took place. Oh. And in fact, tomatoes could be found in cookbooks from the time period and were enjoyed even by Thomas Jefferson. Wait, did this not happen? Maybe not. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> However, the produce was probably more popular among the wealthy, like Jefferson, and therefore could have had less than a stellar reputation in the rural, more poor areas. Stories about the Salem tomato trial were based on unwritten folklore and exacerbated by people who created an audio drama for CBS about this story, making it appear more like fact. Fuck. I f oh, I feel I feel scared for the small town lawyer. I think he's he's going to be taken to court over uh, making people think this thing actually happened. Yeah. However, it does beg to question how much weight do we put on oral history? And just because the story was folklore and not written down until 90 years later, does that mean it didn't happen? 
I don't know, Dakota. So what do you think? It happened. It absolutely happened. And I'm not just saying that for my small town lawyer friend who uh, would get thrown around like a pizza in jail. <laughs> Although I don't know why I said that because I think he was, I figure, I kind of picture him as a, a bigger man. Okay. Like not huge, but like he has a tumbly. You know, oh, he's and um, he wears his pants kind of hiked up, you know, oh, yeah. and, like, he's, got, like, like an old, he's got an old like 70s sort of uh, blazer mm-hmm. and he's bald. Cute. So if you're ever wondering what the small town lawyer was, looks like, that's exactly what he looks like. Uh, yes, I think this ha- this happened. And also this may be probably not, but maybe the stupidest thing we've ever talked about. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs> like, I love it. It's great. <laughs> but... Like Stu- I gave you the history of the tomato. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, this is fucking dumb, and I love it. Okay, now I'm gonna give this an eight point six. Wow, tomatoes on penises. I mean pizzas <laughs> out of ten. Okay, and I'm gonna when I write this down for for clarification, I am going to write it like that: eight point six. Tomatoes on penises, dot, dot, dot. I mean pizzas out of 10. Good. Okay. 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 Cool. I feel like I should only do oh shit episodes for the rest of our lives. Oh oh shit episodes have proven to be the stupidest fucking thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's like, do you purposely pick the stupidest topics? Because I love it. No, because I pick topics that are like actually kind of hard to find historically. Because I type in, I go short historical facts and they always are like these buzzfeed lists where they're stupid (laughs) history so keep doing it because it's great (laughs) well you're welcome do you like all the i I feel like also the listeners have been really enjoying the oh shit episodes yeah yeah Yeah. how was did anybody respond to me shitting myself in the last one they didn't oh Um, they were just like oh let's just tune that out yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's true so anyways well that's all we have for this week we'd like to thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to hang out with us if you enjoyed listening to what we had to say please download our podcast from wherever you get your podcasts leave a review or tell your friends about us because indie podcasts really do grow through word of mouth and if you want to stay in contact or you can follow us on instagram at the reluctant historian or you can leave us a tip at buymeacoffee.com slash the historian you can also shoot us an email with future show ideas or corrections you may have noted to the reluctant historian at gmail.com so, we'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Bippity boppity boo. <laughs> I put a tomato on you. <laughs> Good callback. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.